and they're going to be blessed in the word today as well. Hallelujah. You all say a prayer for me this morning that I... This is what I'm called to do, and, and sometimes I just have to do it. Amen. Even if I'm a one-man band, and that's okay. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this opportunity to feed your sheep. I thank you, Father, for the office that I hold. Lord, I just ask you right now that your anointing saturate me, that you think through my mind and speak through my lips. Lord, that I would say nothing of myself, but it all come from you. I know that you have given me this message. And I know that it will help many lives today, whether it be here or online. I believe it, it, it's enough to help everybody, Father, because it's a good reminder. And I just thank you for it. I thank you for the correction that came to me that allows me to give this message that you brought forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So I really didn't want to do this message. I fought the Lord all week whenever I suddenly found out last Sunday morning that I was going to be ministering today. This is what immediately dropped in my spirit, and I was like, hmm, do I have to? <laughs> because it's a personal message. It's personal for me because it's, it's about a correction that came to me, and it's not that I don't, am not corrected. The Lord corrects me all the time. But this was a holy moment. You know, as Dr. Jacob says, he didn't want to share some of his visions because they were holy moments. Well, this was a holy moment for me in this correction, and I know that you know a lot of times we look at correction as um, bad or not good in a negative manner. But when the Lord corrects you, He always corrects you in love. And when He corrects you, it's always going to bring fruit into your life. If you take the correction. Now, there's some people that cannot take correction. They just can't do it. And that's a problem. That's a problem in life. If even, even in the world's standard, if you can't take correction, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to cause trouble. And then you're never going to keep a job because you don't know it all. Nobody does. You're going to make mistakes, and if you can't get those mistakes corrected, then, you know, you're not going to have a job very long. Right? So back in November 2020, on a Wednesday, I had a holy moment that came initially as a rebuke from the Lord. And I know that I'm not the only one. I know I'm not. I was running around the house trying to get this done, trying to get that done, when I was really just running in circles. I had a hard time finding a groove or a place to land um, to get my day started, and I was halfway through the day. Anybody ever done that? You get up in the morning, and you start doing laundry, and you do the dishes, and then you got the, you got the bathrooms to clean, and then you got this to do, or you got to go to work, and then you got to come home, and then you've got um, kids to feed. You've got another load of dishes to do. You've got another load of laundry to do. You're just running around. This was, and this happened to be on a day that I was, uh, had a day off uh, whenever I was working on the nursing floor. But I was running around and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'd really love to spend more time with you today, but 
I've got all this stuff I've got to do and I've really got to get this workout in because, you know, I'm trying to eat right and I'm trying to get my body healthy. I'm trying to keep my body healthy because you healed me. You gave me that miraculous healing and I want to make sure I'm taking care of it. I really need to clean this house. I really need to do this. I really need to do that. And then it happened. And then he said, what good is a healthy body going to do you if you don't know me? I broke, went to the floor. I mean, I just wept and wept and wept and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I said, but Lord, I am so sorry. I repent before you right now. Because he showed me in that moment that I had been putting every single thing in my life ahead of him at some point of the day. Now, I read my Bible. I'd done my devotion every morning. I, you know, I prayed in tongues just like Dr. Jacobs told us to do. do. I was doing all of those things on the run. I said to the Lord, I do know you, but realized at this point he wasn't saying that I didn't know him personally, but I had lost intimacy with him. Intimacy and time with him has been replaced with the cares of life. I did know him. He acknowledged that, however, I had been distant with him. He had slowly become more like an acquaintance. And I did all the things. Like I said, I read my Bible. I was in, my, in the Word every day. I was doing devotion, Brother Copeland's devotions every day. Listening to praise and worship music. Reading books, listening to podcasts. On the go. Constantly going. Not sleeping much because my mind was ridden with the cares of life and the cares of the world and the cares of the church and the cares of work. I fell to my knees and literally at that moment just wept, repented immediately, and promised him that I would not be so casual with him any longer. It's happened to us all. I am not the only one. Then he prompted me at that point to go read Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. So let's go there. Revelation 3.21. And this is out of the New King James. Or 3.20, I'm sorry. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and he will sup with him, and he with me. So what was he doing? He, that day he was standing at my door and he was knocking. Then he had me go up to read verse 14. So let's go to verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, 
the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou would be cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. And that's the order that he had me to read it. You see, Jesus wasn't talking to the world in those verses. And many times, many preachers have just taken... Uh, that one verse, chapter 3 and verse 20, and have made it sound like that he was talking to sinners there. He wasn't talking to sinners. He was talking to the church. The church who loved the Lord and was looking for His return but had gotten so accustomed to life that the thrill of being saved was gone and they were just carrying on the comfort of life, not realizing they were wretched, miserable, poor, and blind spiritually to the point He said He would vomit them out of His mouth. They loved the Lord. They were going to heaven. They hadn't backslid. Then he goes on in verse 19 and says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous and repent. He's giving them the opportunity to turn it around in these verses. They had a relationship with him. They knew him, but allowed the comfort of the natural life to blind them so that the spiritual realm was not as important anymore. Notice he even said, I know your works. but that you're neither hot nor cold. You're doing church, but you're complacent. You're not searching for me anymore. I'm not important to you anymore. Yes, He is my Savior and I love Him so much, but I had so often placed Him on a shelf and let Him know I wish I could spend more time with Him, but I had so many other things to do. God, I really love you but I've got to go this to do this right now. I've got all of these things to do today. As soon as I can spend more time with you, I will. I, I hate to say it. I've done it over and over. I've been more uh, conscious since November of 2020, though. He knew my heart, and my heart was to live in the Word, but I just didn't have the time I wanted to spend. How often do we really do that? I was doing too much, and I was too busy. One distraction 
after the next. The enemy's going to keep you distracted. I'll just tell you right now, he's going to keep you distracted as much as he possibly can because he does not want you to know who you are in Jesus. And if you, have a, if you have the appropriate relationship with Jesus and you are in the Word, you will know who you are in Him. You will know your authority. You will be healed. You will be delivered. You will not be oppressed of the devil. And that's exactly why some of the... I'll just admit it. I have a problem because I multitask everything. My life is lived around multitasking. I have to. I'm a nurse. That's what I do. If I'm nursing on the floor like I did last weekend, I have patients that I have to see. I have patients that I have to take care of, and they all have different needs. They all have different medications at different times. I have to, in my mind, be constantly working in the back of my mind to think of what i got to do next. If I'm doing this, I've got to be thinking about what I've got to do next. And in the case management job that I hold now, I do a lot of things, and I have to multitask. I have to. My mind has got to be, if I'm doing this, I've got to be constantly thinking about what I've got to do next. And that's a distraction. You know, Peter walked on water until he got distracted. He did. Jesus, is it you? Yes, it's me. If it's you, bid me come. Come. Peter got out the boat. He was walking to Jesus. And the temptest came. Tempter. Who's the tempter? The devil. The temptest came, and Peter looked. If he'd have kept his eyes on Jesus and not looked to the right or the left, he'd have walked right on to Jesus and they'd both walked back to the boat on the water. But he didn't. That's just to show that, you know, he was human. He got distracted and when he got distracted, he started to sink. But Jesus didn't let him die. He reached forth his hand and picked him up and took him back to the boat. Jesus carried him to the boat. Had to have. Because Peter's faith was gone at that point. And Jesus rebuked him when he got back in the boat. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Yes. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we are too busy for the very one who created us, died for us, so that we could live an abundant life. You see, without intimacy with God, you can't come into the fullness of your called purpose on this earth. You will go to heaven without ever completing the purpose you were born for. That's heavy. You might do some marvelous things, love people, help people. Even the world can do that. The world knows how to love its own. Let that sink in for a minute. It's only with intimacy with Jesus you will find divine revelation that gives you victory, not just now and then, but in your everyday life. You can't even hear God clearly if you've got the cares of the world beating against your mind all the time. How are you going to hear Him? Because you're hearing everything else. He's constantly talking, but we ain't constantly listening. Because we're listening to the wrong things. And I'm preaching to myself this morning, so I'm going to preach myself happy. Just so you know, 
I'm stepping on my own toes here. Not to mention that the spirit of fear that has not only plagued the world, but the body of Christ. It has. If you are taking thoughts the enemy is giving, he will give them to you all day, every day. As long as he can dish it and you're going to take it, he's going to continue to dish it. Because he's going to keep you under oppression that way. Doesn't mean you're backslid. Doesn't have anything to do with that. But he will oppress you. Because he don't want you to know who you are. He don't. If you're taking the symptoms he's giving you, he'll keep you sick and beat down mentally the rest of your life. You'll go to heaven, but you'll live miserable doing it. Because you can't fulfill your divine destiny if he's got you sick, mentally drained, tormented, busy with life, busy with your job, busy with your kids, busy with church work, to, to the point that you have no personal, private time with Jesus. He will. You see, Adam lost his dominion. Jesus got it back so he could be one with us. Jesus got it back so he could have communion with us. We were, we were created in the image of God, in the image of the Godhead. Because, well, Andrew read it in Genesis Wednesday night. They said, God said, let us make man in our image. If you can't hear him clearly, how are you going to know if what you're doing is in his will or not? If you're not in the word and seeking his will for your life, it gives the devil an entrance to wreak havoc in your life. It gives the devil entrance into your soul and into your body because if he can get your mind, your will, and your emotions distracted, then he's got your body too. Then that's, that's entrance to... Sickness and disease. The Word says it. I'm not preaching anything that ain't, that ain't totally the Word. It's God's design for us to live kingdom-minded, live heaven on earth and full of the Spirit, the greatest of these being love. He wants you whole. He wants you well. He said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is here. We're not waiting to go to the kingdom. We are the kingdom. We are it. How are we representing it? I'd like to tell you that after I had that rebuke, that it was smooth sailing and I just I spent all my time with the Lord and I never, I never had any other issues whatsoever and, and things was just rainbows and unicorns. But let me tell you something. Life happens and the devil's going to keep continue to come at you every single day. He is not going to give up. I'd like to tell you I never got in a situation where I wasn't too busy, but it has happened and the Holy Spirit gently brings me back to the remembrance of that day and those verses he gave me. I repent. I make it a point to spend time with him right then. I don't wait. When the, when the Lord says, hey, where have you been today? I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll spend time with Him. Because that's what is important. That's what's going to get me through life. That's what's going to get you through life. That's what's going to get you over. That's what's going to get the church over. 
into a glorious church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, or any such thing. The more I'm with Him, the more I want to be with Him. You know, I, I've made it a point to get up early every day. And I get up at a certain time. I spend time with Him. I spend time praying and in the Word. And then I go about my day. Um, sometimes I spend more time with Him but than the time that I have allotted. But I make sure that I spend that time with Him. That's His time, not mine. Yes. And sometimes in, my, in that time, I'll, my mind will start to drift. And I'll, I'll repent right then and say, Lord, I'm sorry. My mind should not be at work right now. I'm not sitting at work. I'm sitting with you. And I'm just being honest with you. That's what I do. Because, like I said, it's hard to overcome that multitasking. And he knows that, but he appreciates the fact that, I, that I'm sitting with him, that I'm listening for him. I not only just pray, I'm not the only one talking in that time. I pray and I meditate and I listen for what he's got to tell me. And many times the things that he has to tell me is, is going to get me through that very day in the circumstances that I have to deal with at work. Amen. His word is food for my spirit man. And if I don't have it, I know it and I crave it. When you begin to spend more time with Him, you will crave His word. You will want more time with Him because He is so sweet and loving. And yes, He's probably going to bring some things up to you that is corrective. But He does it with so much love and so much compassion that you just, you want more. Because when He corrects you and you listen to that correction and you go on and you correct that, then your life is so much better. You have joy, love, peace, 